This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Kamaregal people of the Gurungai tribe of the Eora Nation. I pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening. Hi, my name's Luan and this is the Rewritten Mead podcast, where I talk all things breast reconstruction after a mastectomy. Because let's say it like it is, having a mastectomy can be devastating. Sifting through all the information is overwhelming, the medical jargon's bamboozling, and it can be just plain scary and lonely. But you're not alone. That's why we're here. On the Rewritten Me pod, I talk to leading surgeons about all aspects of reconstruction. Nipples, belly buttons, foobs, Dieppe flap, and staying flat. I also talk to healthcare professionals who can help with everyday practical advice to support your mental, physical and emotional well-being. And I talk to the wonderful women from our reconstruction community who so generously share their stories with you. We're all here to help you make an holistic, informed decision that's right for you so that you can have a say in how you rewrite your story. This is a post-recording intro that I'm sneaking in after I've finished interviewing Dr. Minas Krasopoulou, or Dr. C, as he's known. In this episode, I introduced Dr. C as my first bonus guest, which I was really excited about. And then we have a bit of a laugh about it, because when I said it out loud, bonus, it didn't sound as great as I thought it would. It sounded a bit less than. And that's not right for this episode. And that's not right for Dr. C. Because when you listen to this episode and hear how Dr. C works, his passion for shared decision-making, how and why he developed the Breast Advocate app, and how he believes he grew and became a better clinician from working with the patient advisory group to co-design the app, it's obvious that Dr. C is very much more than, very much extra, in a good way. So I'm reframing this episode. This isn't a bonus episode. This is Dr. C Extra. Hi everyone, welcome to Rewritten Me's first bonus episode when I'm honoured to be talking to Dr. Minas Krasopoulou, or Dr. C as he's often referred to, about the Breast Advocate app, which is the world's first shared decision-making app for breast cancer surgery and breast reconstruction. Although Dr. C is a leading American-based plastic surgeon, he has already quietly featured in previous episodes of Rewritten Me, which is a testament to his influence in the world of breast reconstruction. Sydney-based reconstructive plastic surgeon Dr. Joe Dusseldorp talks about their connection in the episode about sensation restoration. And Terry Cootie talks about how Dr. C helped nudge her into setting up the not-for-profit DFC Foundation in the episode about patient advocacy and owning your worth. And of course, in the pod which this bonus episode complements, Sandy Mink, who carries the Check 2 variant, talks about how the breast advocate wizard helped her when she was considering her options, specifically because it included questions about high-risk genetic mutations and family health history. And as I said in that episode with Sandy, I was trying to set up a recording with Dr. C to talk about the Breast Advocate app, 
but it's always tricky arranging times with very busy surgeons and even more so when there's a 15 hour time difference. So I'm thrilled that we've been able to work it out today. Dr. C is a board certified plastic surgeon and microsurgeon and president of PRMA Plastic Surgery in San Antonio, Texas. He specializes in state-of-the-art breast reconstruction with a particular focus on flap breast reconstruction. Dr. C is also a strong advocate for shared decision-making between the healthcare team and patient and is the co-lead of the Shared Decisions and Personalized Care Expert Group at the World Health Innovation Summit. And Dr. C is the founder of the digital health company Toleman Health, which is committed to helping physicians, healthcare organizations, and industry improve patient experience and outcomes via empowering shared decision-making technology like the Breast Advocate app. So I'm thrilled to say good morning or good afternoon to you, Dr. C. Hello. It's, it, this is so exciting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so grateful to connect with you again. Uh, very exciting from across uh, the world. Across you're doing, the world, you're doing amazing things. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining. I'm really thrilled that you are, as I said, uh, particularly I was thinking back as well. I think the first podcast I did as a guest was with you and, and Dr. Joe and Terry that's right. Cooties. That's right. Yeah. So about a year yeah, ago, I was, think. So that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. So, it yeah. is, and it comes full circle. So thank you so much, and I really appreciate it. It's your Sunday afternoon there, isn't it? Oh, but it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I, I very much appreciate the invitation. This is great. And I appreciate you being the first bonus bonus guest that we're having, which is, a, yeah, you are a bonus. I'm a bonus. <laughs> I'm not oh, sure so how I feel about that. I'm a bonus. I know. Yeah, okay. As I said oh, that, I good. just thought... <laughs> It sounds good, but doesn't sound as good as it could. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Let's move on quickly. Oh, so let's talk about the breast advocate app. Let's talk about the breast oh, yeah. advocate that's app. Great. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, why did yeah. you de develop the app? What was the thinking behind that? So you know, it's interesting. You, you, you go through your career. I've been doing this for a while now, so I've been focusing on microsurgical breast reconstruction um, as my kind of core service um, for almost 20 years. And, you know, as you go through your career, you really focus initially on, you know, becoming as good as you can be and proving yourself and, you know, then, you know, how that impacts patient outcomes. And I got to the point in my career where I felt really good about, what I was doing technically. And then when I shifted to other parts of the clinical pathway uh, and where I could improve, um, really one thing really hit me very hard and that was this ongoing complaint from patients that was, uh, all, they all, all had the same theme. And it was basically, you know, comments like, um, why didn't I know about this before? Uh, had I known this back then, I would have chosen completely differently. Uh, you know, and, and comments to that effect. And, you know, um, the the delivery of those comments also varied tremendously. That's a huge spectrum, you know, from, you know, oh, it's a shame I didn't know, all the way to, 
you know, anger, really, and, and extreme frustration, as you can imagine. Um, so I thought, well, you know, let's dive into that and, and, and decision making. And then I, the more I read, you know, I learned about shared decision making, which isn't a new concept, right? So um, I, I wish I could say I invented it, but it's been around since the 80s. Right? It's, it's really a very well-documented um, strategy in care delivery and decision making. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, there are lots of barriers to implementing it. Uh, and it's not taught as a technique in medical school, and there are lots of um, misperceptions about it. Anyway, it's not widely practiced, but but it made a lot of sense to me. You know, it's um, in, instead of us telling the patient what they should do, veiled as a recommendation, um, you actually involve the patient, and it's a partnership. And I thought, well, that's a novel, you know approach isn't it actually asking the patient what they feel is important for their own lives um and, and it's also it goes beyond just giving the patient all the facts it's it's giving the patient what you know and and expressing what you know based on your expertise and what you can offer and then it's letting the patient teach you as as the physician that they're entrusting um it's letting the patient educate you on what's important and, and then using all, all of the above to come up with the best plan and the best strategy to move forward. So I thought, well, you know, there's got to be an app for that. Um, you know, patients, when you look at the breast cancer journey, a very, very small percentage of it is spent between the patient and the physician face-to-face. So 99% of the time is spent outside of the office, right? Outside of the clinic, outside the hospital setting. And so I thought, well, obviously, you know, tech makes a lot of sense and app makes a lot of sense. So what if I could give the patient the options ahead of time so they can review them and kind of formulate their thoughts if they want, and then they come better prepared and then we can really focus on what's important to them. And healthcare these days, you know, you've got a dwindling amount of time. Most of us have less and less time, you know, increasing regulations, increasing paperwork, you know, less and less face time. And so it's really important to maximize the time that you have. Um, and I got sick and tired of just saying the same spiel over and over and over. I thought, you know, you know, 40 minutes goes by very quickly explaining different implant techniques, different tissue techniques, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's the same thing over and over. So I thought, oh, there's got to be an app, but there wasn't. So then I got this harebrained idea to make one. So I did, um, went out and <laughs> um, <clears throat> found the right team. That was an arduous process. Um found the right team from from a tech standpoint because I'm not a developer yeah. myself. And then it was about putting the, the rest of the team together because the problem with tech is that, you know, too much tech is created because the tech folks think it's a good idea and then they try and apply it to the user and then they kind of mm. try and convince people it's good for them. Whereas it should be the other way around. It should be working with the people that feel they have a void to fill 
and then using tech to fill the void. And so I got a bunch of patients together, including Terry. Yeah. Um, you and I didn't know each other back then. Had I known you, you would have been invited to, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and basically the goal was to ensure that all the demographics were covered. So we had mm. a group of advisory patient advocates and it was... You know, we had patients who had lumpectomies, who had mastectomies, different types of mastectomies uh, for a cancer diagnosis, for a gene mutation carrier. Uh, we had patients who chose implant reconstruction. We had patients who chose different types of flap reconstruction. We had patients who had oncoplastic surgery. Um, and so... And, and it was very much focused on breast surgery or, you know, surgical, the surgical decision-making. And of course, you know, the rest of the breast cancer treatment that one has to take into account is obviously extremely important and influential and, and the, the way things go, right. And the order of things. Um, and of course it's always life before breast, you know, in terms yeah. of the treatment planning and everything. Um, but that, that was a massive learning um, experience for me because, mm. you know, until I put that group together and started listening, um, I thought I was really good, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in t I thought I yeah. was really good at listening and working out what people wanted and, you know, how to make patients happy and taking their preferences into account. But, you know, it turns out I was, I was okay, but I was nowhere near as good as, as I thought I was. Mm. And um, so it was a wonderful growing experience. I think it's made me a better clinician. Mm. Uh, There's just the process of making the app, which is kind of funny, I thought. Um, so is that, we're talking there co-design, uh, Dr. C, that you're talking about a co-design really with, with, with those um, people who have a lived experience yeah, yeah, and in some places, I mean, some places I'm 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 referred to as the founder of Breast Advocate, and some places I've referred to as the co-founder. And mm. you know what's happened is initially it was co-founder because because I I kind of put the website together and I did most of it myself. It was it was all bootstrapped. You know uh, the devs mm. the development stuff on the back end that was that, that engineering obviously I got you know was all the development team, but I did as much of it as I could on my own, um, and so. Uh, everything I wrote, I described myself as co-founder because I really felt that the input of the patient advocates, I mean, we were all founders. Yeah. Now, as more people have gotten involved on the team and, and thankfully now I do less and less in terms of, you know, daily running and copy and content and all, and all that, you know, the, the co-portion in some places is, you know, is not there anymore. That's not, that's not mm. purposeful. That's not by design. It's just, you know, lack of attention to consistency and detail right but mm. but I really do feel yeah fine I'm the brainchild I guess but um, I mean even the way the app is organized you know m most most informational sources or resources are you know you'll you have to click on, you know, if it's online, it'll be, you know, lumpectomy, mastectomy, different types of mastectomy, different types of reconstruction. And and you don't know, and you've got to read through everything to, and then try and work out, kind of work backwards in terms of what's more appealing. 
there's nothing that was based on your situation. And that was something that came out of the group that was, look, I want to be able to open the app and, and associate with a statement. Right. Yeah. And, the, and, yeah. and that kind of guides me where to start because, and the other problem is there's so much content now because, you know, I got a ton of help with the content. So I got all sorts of specialists involved, other plastic surgeons, breast surgeons, medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, even though it's primarily a surgical app, as we've said, all that other stuff has to be spot on and peer reviewed and, you know, and, and, a, and a plastic surgeon. I mean, I, th- I think I know, you know, a lot about breast cancer, but a plastic surgeon really shouldn't be writing the content for, you know, medical oncology stuff, right? And so, yeah. yeah. Um, really, so I, I thought it was very important to have the right people involved and remove myself for anything that wasn't the, the plastic surgery related portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the plastic surgery part has a has a, several plastic surgeons involved. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Um, and and listening and using the feedback and what we learned from the patient advisory group, um, you know, we, we came up with pretty decent navigation in the app because there's a ton of content. And, mm. you know, I mean, if you're a woman, male breast cancer information isn't super important, right? So you don't want to be bombarded with that or you don't want to be navigating through male breast cancer info if you don't want to and vice versa. Yeah. So, you know, we came up with the, the feed that, that picks content based on your preferences. The, mm. um, the wizard is super smart tech on the back end. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to ask about that on the wizard, if we could, just because yeah. I know there's, there is an amazing amount of content there. And I think how you've curated the feed is re- really great with the use of hashtags, but also how one's profile is set up as well. And as you said, these statements that we align with. Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to talk about the wizard in particular yeah. because um, that is essential, isn't it, to that shared decision-making, as you said. But I found it really interesting as well. That's what Sandy, you know, was really, that really helped Sandy specifically because it did talk, as you said, you had somebody on the, um, on the, on the patient advocate team who had an increased genetic risk. And that's really mm. what helped Sandy as well. But I thought with regards to that wizard, because quite a few questions on that wizard as well. And I, what I thought it does, it does prompt the patient to think of some aspects of their, of what they want from their surgery that they may not have, have considered um, mm-hmm. before. And it is quite an extensive list, isn't it, of questions, which reflects, like you say, what's needed to be considered. Yeah, well, it, it can be. It can be extensive. Ah, right. It can also be really short. Okay, so, so, so I, mine so was f- extensive. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because, you know, if you're you know, if you're a genetic mutation patient, um, you know, so you're not looking at radiation, you're not looking at certain things, you know, you don't have very firm opinions and preferences, you know, there are Mm. lots of different things to consider. If you have inflammatory breast cancer and you know you don't want breast reconstruction, well, that, I mean, that's like a very short wizard because your options yeah. are um, mastectomy on one side or aesthetic flat closure and 
mastectomies, you know, bilateral mastectomies, because mm. you, you don't want to be asymmetric and you don't want breast reconstruction and it's going to be delayed reconstruction. So I guarantee you the wizard there will be one option and that's delayed autologous breast reconstruction, right? Mm. Whereas someone like you, you could have multiple options. And, 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 and if you've got, um, so your diagnosis matters, um, and, and also the types of wizards that we have by design, um, because all this has to be based on peer-reviewed evidence-based medicine, right? Yeah. And so um, we're not at the point yet where we can live update wizards mm-hmm. on a 24-7 basis using AI, which is where we're going right. to get to. Yeah, right, that's where we want to get to, but yeah. right now, for us to to add the content that the wizards use, mm-hmm. that has to be done by the dev. Well, actually, it's done by me and the team. We have to go in and add the content that we wanted to consider, which is why the wizards only address surgical options because surgical options really don't change very often. Right. Right. And so. Um, whether you whether you should have an implant reconstruction or a tissue based reconstruction, you know those general groups of options they've been around for years, right? Mm. Now the, the wizards talk about you know the double sensation aspect, which not many educational resources address. You know so, yeah, but the fact that it's sur- that the wizards focus on surgery makes it much much easier to ensure everything remains up to date. The day that we move to medical, a medical wizard, that's going to be, you know, you you can't do that without the latest, you know, AI and and all that kind of stuff. So because the other thing about it's kind of like a I mean, look, you've started this amazing podcast, right? So when you started and you you do a bunch of other really great stuff, too. Right. But let's just focus on the podcast. When you sat down and decided to do a podcast, I guarantee that part of the decision-making was not just about get getting it going, but also maintaining and growing, right? Because it's yeah. like anything. If you start it and you can't maintain it and it dies, you would have been better off never doing it in the first place. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, you know, you're dealing with, you know, a bootstrapped app, you know, and now we have money coming in through sponsorships, which is fantastic. So we can keep it going, industry yeah. sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're dealing with that situation, you have to pick how you design things to maximize the chances of you being able to maintain it. So you can't overpromise and underdeliver, especially when you're talking about breast cancer, right? Yeah. So yeah. So right now we're not in a position yet from a tech and logistics standpoint to offer wizards on any topic that would need to include information that's updated, you know, on a daily basis or, you know. So now we, we, we do have a library section in there in the app that, that works with, uh, that's a feed also arrangement and that pulls on a weekly basis, it pulls new abstracts from PubMed. So that's up to oh, date. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so if you're kind of a more 
kind of geeky, um, which um, it's, that's a double-edged sword, you know, because that can lead you down more rabbit, ho rabbit holes. Um, but for patients who want more info and, and abstracts and sometimes full articles, um, we have the library in there and, and that's updated weekly. Great, great. So that's open access to those articles then for anybody who would want to access that. Yeah, it's open access if they're open access on PubMed. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. If they're not open access, then all you get is the abstract. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating to have that going through. And that's going as a feed. As you say, you're, you're pulling that feed through, but it's not a feed that then is applied to the wizard for the decision Correct. making. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I um I tried the wizard out again. So I have used the wizard previously, but I thought I'll just go back on and I have, have a little go at the weekends. And I, I can't remember. I'd started putting my answers in and then I went off and I had to do something. And then I came back and I just carried on with it. And I, I was just doing a bit of a test because I actually have a background in tech. So, okay. Um, okay. So I was like, I'm just going to try, you know, I was I always. I know that. Yeah. Did you try and I, break I, it? I did. Good. <laughs> and it, it was amazing. Did it break? Like, it did. Well, it didn't break as in it, it didn't work. It broke as in it uh -huh. said, the answers you've given to us are contradictory. And I just thought that was amazing because I, <laughs> I could hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that um, happened and, right and, yeah, and i'm yeah. so glad you did that and brought that up because i that's yeah. so important right because that was really important that happens in consults all the time it's like yeah. oh you know i want i want healthy i i i don't want implants uh and i want to use my own tissue um and i want something warm and soft and i want sensation and blah 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 you know um but i can only take two days off work and i have mm -hmm. no support structure at home and I have three little ones and no help. So yeah. I need to recover in 48 hours. And you're like, yeah. look, <laughs> this is contradictory. You can't do this that. This is contradictory. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, and so, yes. So in that sense, it's, it is possible, but that is by design. But it is possible to yeah. get a response that is not helpful. But patients or users should view that as help, actually, because it means that, you know you yeah. can't have it all unfortunately yeah and it means to revisit so. doesn't it revisit what your options and your um sorry what your um mm -hmm. your wants are and what uh, your priorities are on there so no I loved that actually I was like oh okay, let's give this a go um and but yeah I heard that the message I heard it in your in your voice <laughs> <laughs> You were there. Um, so that's great. So, and as we said, there's all the, the content that's on there. Terry Z is on, um, on there. And um, there's content in different formats, which I love because, of, you know, we all consume, have our preferences for consuming that content. But mm -hmm. thinking about how that content is coming, you're, you're American-based, aren't you? And for anyone mm -hmm. who's outside of America, um, so if you're in Australia or wherever, just thinking what advice would be to anyone who's using that resource that's outside of the states you know how would you best advise them to use that i know how i'd use it but yeah i mean the information is the same for any country that has you know advanced healthcare right, right? so i mean you guys have all the same options that we do here yeah you know if you're in you know i mean i'm i've had several conversations with some advocacy groups out of india you know, that's a different conversation, mm. you know, so, um, 
you know, if, if you're in India or Botswana or, you know, somewhere that's not as medically advanced in terms of the options that are on offer. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are many countries that deep flaps, no one knows what a deep flap is, for example. Right? And, you're, and you're lucky if you're even offered a tram flap, for example, you know. So, or, or even if breast reconstruction comes up <laughs> at all. So, uh, for, for most of, you know, for, for developed medical healthcare systems, it doesn't matter that it's not US. Um, options are going to be the same. So, the, so this works well. I mean, we have lots of Canadians. We have a fair number of Australians. Because after you contact me, I actually kind of looked up and we, we, we have a fair amount. It's kind of, I wasn't expecting it. Lots of folks from the UK and we've got scattered use across Europe. But it's all places that have, you know, advanced health care. Yeah. 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 So, but the, the non, the, it's not the, yeah, the US-based thing isn't really an issue for me. Okay. Um, in okay. terms of the advice that patients get. Um, I think it's more, um, I think that the, the challenges that I've heard back from patients outside the US is is them wrapping their heads around what patient advocacy means and looks like getting over the fact that you can actually have a conversation and a discussion with your healthcare team it's trying to encourage people to have the right type of conversation for them so they feel as comfortable as possible moving forward with with their their path you know yeah it's like it's almost like that cult yeah it's kind of a cult it, it's almost like a cultural thing around uh, healthcare, isn't it, really, in a, the dynamics very of that relationship? Yeah. yeah, very cultural. Yeah. I mean, we went to Toleman Health. You know, we were at uh, a UN conference in Katowice, Poland, over the summer. Um, it was the World Urban Forum, and we were talking to lots of health ministers and stuff, and it was, it was phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> so uh, talking to them and, and trying to find solutions for their healthcare you know, uh, issues, uh, and that mainly revolves around access, but solving access issues by increasing access to existing networks within a country, that's one thing, but doing that in a way that's sensitive to the local culture is completely different. Yeah. You know, so now, I mean, Toleman Health, you know, we have, we now have access to a team that specializes in going in and sitting down with the healthcare ministry to to and that's a shared decision making process in and of itself yeah. because yeah. we have to learn what are the cultural constraints what's important what's i mean we're in talks with tunisia about you know tunisia is kind of interesting because they have most of their healthcare focused along the coast it's the most kind of western african nation but most of the country doesn't have access to the to the healthcare along the along the coast, and so, you know, part of those conversations were, you know, how to, you know, how do you get folks from the rest of the country to the coast, um, and and then what came up in those conversations was the, the different dynamics. So, in Tunisia, it's the the female child will take control in the parents' healthcare decisions and care. Wow, okay. To the point where if, as a woman with breast cancer, you don't have a daughter, you are more likely 
to be helped by a close neighbor who's female rather than your son. That's the right. culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's just fascinating stuff that, you know, in the US or in Australia, we, you know, we wouldn't think about that. Wouldn't think right. of that. Yeah. At and all. I guess then it's a whole new user experience to then oh, um, seek out those patients and see how the patients then want to use it. Because this has been developed with a um, with one cohort of patients, yeah. hasn't it? They are, but now yeah. we're shifting into other. That's fascinating. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Sharing that, yeah, that no, is absolutely no. fascinating. I could talk about this with you all day, honestly. Yeah, is, it really, um, is that really cool, though? I mean, it's like yeah, it, it, this is. I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's oh. it's it's amazing what you don't know and what you just. It's just been it's been such a the, the personal growth out of this has been you know the growth opportunities and and just mm. it's just been very exciting and very it's been great. Great. It's it's phenomenal to hear how it's. Um, it's expanding across across the world there as well and and yeah how it has sort of fed back into you as you said with your growth that growth too as well that's all to the better isn't it when we're all sharing these yeah. experiences and how we all live work and and uh, yeah and have different healthcare um, approaches so thank you Dr C for sharing that with us and I wanted to check in before we uh before we wrap up there just where can people find the app and and yeah, it is so a free app right uh, it's always going to be free for patients and, uh, you know, you know, family members, friends, or what have you. You know, so uh, we we obviously do need money to keep it going, but all that's coming from industry. Uh, right. I pledged at the beginning that this would always be free for patients, and that's just the way it's going to be. So it's a free download at breastadvocateapp.com, and on that. Uh, website you can link directly you know whether you've got ios you know uh, iphone or ipad mm. or an android phone so it's free download so great. yeah be great get on over there and and um get on there and check and, it out yeah i love yeah. that you have the free it's free as well i'm all about free equity of access to information and i know when you talked about me developing the podcast and some of the other content that i do the amount of times that I've been advised to do a subscription, <laughs> I've like I've mm -hmm. said to people, yeah, I, I understand that some people may use that model, but that's not the model. The subscription service isn't a model for me. It doesn't it doesn't align with where I where I come from. My whole no. background is equity of access to information for this, and I'm like, no, I, I there's got to be smarter ways for me to do this than a subscription. Yeah. So I love that this is free. Well, I I I know that you get it, and I appreciate the I appreciate the. The comment because that yeah you know i i've heard the same you know from you know business folks or whatever you know advisors it's like oh you know how are you going to monetize this long term and subscriptions make sense and you know different levels and tiers and all that kind of stuff i said listen guys you know financial toxicity is very real and you know i don't care if it's you know a couple of bucks a month or whatever you know it is what it is find another yeah. way you know yeah yeah it's good so good yeah, yeah. oh great same page yeah, aligning more and more all the time. Thank you so much, Dr. C. And um, we're going to wrap you. up now because I know it's, oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome uh, anytime. Um, but I'm I'm so conscious it's your Sunday afternoon. Um, so if we um, look to wrap up, but first, before we do, as regular listeners know, at the end of each podcast episode, I ask guests if they want to share a lyric or a line from a song that either means something to them or the topic that we've talked about. So um, Dr. C, what would you like to share with us? 
I'll make something out of nothing. Watch me shine. Oh, I love it. I'm like, something out of nothing. Watch me shine. Watch me shine. And uh, that's a song called Hustle Hard by Ace Hood. Excellent. Excellent. Love it. I I haven't. No, (laughs) I'm trying to sound cool like I have. Um, but it's a rap song. You did tell me that, didn't you? Because we sort of yeah, discussed yeah, about whether you were going to rap yeah, it or not. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing that one. No, not me. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Great. Love it. It's great. Thank you. And I, I do like, um, I talk about my patient advocacy sometimes being respectfully hustling. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do like do like that. Thank you so much. It's been fabulous to talk to you. Um, yeah, I could talk about the tech as well, but we will not do that in this session. Um, but I'd love to hear more about it at some other yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting. Yeah. And yeah, do check it out, listeners. Um, As I said, even though it's an American-based or, you know, based app uh, founded, you know, it is a a great resource for anyone who's outside of the States. So thanks again, Dr. C. I'll let you go off and enjoy the rest of your weekend. I really do appreciate um, everything that you do you know, in, in, the, in the wilder world oh, of uh, breast reconstruction. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, and, and on a personal note as well, the resources that you and Terry developed, you know, they really helped me when I had my surgery uh, four years ago. So that really helped me and helped me to prompt questions that I asked of my team, you know, even about some areas that weren't, um, that weren't being practiced here. So uh, really, thank you so much for that. It really oh, did make a difference sounds... to my lived experience. That's great to hear. I'm I'm yeah. I'm really glad. That, yeah. Thanks a lot Thank for sharing you. that. You're you're welcome. And thanks for the invitation. And this has been wonderful. I've really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much. Um, if it only wasn't for that 15 hours <laughs> time difference, which is quite <laughs> tricky, right. is it? Uh, well, you're the one who's up early. I am, I am, yeah, quarter to five this morning. Um, thank you, listeners, for listening, as always, and for all your support and the feedback that we've been getting on some of the platform channels. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have, and I hope you've enjoyed meeting Dr. C. And as always, let me know if there's any other topics that you'd like me to cover. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Rewritten Me podcast, produced on the traditional lands of the Camaray Gal people of the Gurungai tribe of the Eora Nation. If you found any of the content upsetting, please reach out and get help. Breast Cancer Network Australia have a free confidential helpline, 1800 500 258. And Beyond Blue have a range of free resources online at beyondblue.org.au. Or you can call them on 1300 224 636. And a reminder that the information in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. For personalised medical advice, you should seek a consult with a FRAX qualified surgeon or an equally qualified surgeon in your country.